Yes, hello and welcome to the very first uh, Political Yeti Politics podcast. Or as the kids are calling it. Um, I am uh, uh, James Miller and I'm back on your uh, pods. Uh, there's a couple of things that have changed. First of all, I've got a microphone, so hopefully uh, it won't fuzz. People always used to claim that it used to be a terrible buzz. Um, hopefully it'll be better. Hopefully it'll work. Uh, and secondly, I am uh, flying solo, um, so I'm off the leash, uh, and as such, uh, very much in the market for a sponsor. If you like this, please get in touch and give me money. Um, I am joined for this uh, very first episode by uh, an old friend of my previous podcast, Ian Murray, now Labour MP for Edinburgh South. I uh, used to have a longer title. I do. Um, Scottish Labour's Shadow Cabinet spokesperson at Westminster. Yeah. Mm. Is that a proper job? It is now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and I'm also joined by Kate Langston, the Westminster reporter for the Western Western? The Western Morning News. I'll, right? I'll work for the Western Morning News too. That's how they say it in uh, in Cornwall, right? Um, some things have not changed. We will start with he says it slowly as he gets the jingle ready. This Uh, no, it's still the same length and it's still too long. You're right. Um, <laughs> Prime Minister's questions. Uh, Can I ask you a question about your jingle first before we yes? go on? What, you want the Jeremy Corbyn one? The Is first that one, be? Your, opening, your opening new jingle yes. either has a inappropriate key change or someone's hit the wrong note. Where? What? Halfway through. No. I like a good key change, but not to the wrong Oh, road. there is like a key change. I don't really understand music. Yeah, evidently. Yeah. <laughs> not that I make them, of course. Yes. I have a very... There's a, well, there's a uh, bum note in there. I don't know if it's there? supposed to be in there. But no, it's a, it's meant to be. It's, okay. um, but it's like you say, it's a key change. Good. Right. That's, okay, that's it just makes it a bit different as it goes along. I just along, want you to get a big sponsor, and I don't want them to be put yes, off by Yes, uh, anybody musical that wants to sponsor me, that's right. Um, UB40, maybe. Maybe UB40. They're not very musical. That's what? Uh, are they are they backing Jeremy Corbyn? I don't think so. Is it groups from the eighties that are backing Jeremy Corbyn? Bucks Fizz. Um, maybe there's two of them, isn't there? There's two Bucks Fizzes, like there's two UB forties, isn't there? There's, yeah, like there a, is. There's rival. Uh, we are of course talking about uh, what yesterday UB forty coming out and endorsing Jeremy Corbyn, which was just another sign that politics has gone completely insane. Like this was actual supposed to be news. I don't make head or tail this. UB forty fan, Ian. Uh, red not, red not anymore. fan, but that's my drinking habit. Uh, <laughs> fan of UB40? Do you remember UB40, Kate? I was going to say, yeah, like, yeah, before your time. Like, oh, yeah. man. Uh, he's obviously not trying to appeal to the youth boat anymore. Anyway, we're supposed to be talking about PMQs. Sorry. Uh, this is the first one that we've done, which is a Theresa May PMQs, which is quite exciting. Um, Kate, you like PMQs? Do you like Theresa May's style? I was actually surprised at how good it was today, um, given how, I guess, bland we're all expecting it to be. I yeah. know clearly she's got the kind of scriptwriters already starting to kind of reel off the mm. gags kind of ready for her, but at least it kept things a bit interesting. Was that a good thing, though? Because she doesn't strike me as a, a sort of good, though, a comedy you know, person. It's not exactly contributing to, I suppose, a high standard of politics but no. it keeps it interesting which is I suppose what PMQs is 
all about a chance to blow steam. That's true, uh, because one man who does not keep it very interesting is Jeremy Corbyn, our old friend Jeremy Corbyn. He's still there, uh, even despite your attempts to unseat him, Ian. Well, uh, I actually think Theresa May was nervous today. She did I stumble a few times, yeah. Some of her answers yeah. were pretty repetitive and because she didn't really know the answers yeah. to the questions. And actually, the contrast was when she talked about the Scottish, uh, sorry, the women's aid issue in terms of the refuge, because she, that's obviously a Home Office um, responsibility, so she was much more fluent. But on the housing stuff, I thought she was pretty nervous and a little bit off the brief. There was a few ums and ers for her, wasn't yeah, there? She no, stumbled over stumbled her words a, a few bit. times. Um, um, I mean, Jeremy's... It's a balance at PMQs about what subjects you go on. Everybody would have expected him to go on Brexit because that's the bigger yes. heel of the Tories at the moment, and he didn't. He went on housing, which is a big issue. Mm. But it's an issue that can run and run and run at the moment. The whole country's talking about Brexit, and we're talking about something else. And yes. I just wonder if that is the right tactic. I mean, obviously, people discuss what subjects should be raised, and there's pros and cons, and yeah. a huge debate, but... Well, somebody tweeted that the membership, your party membership, are interested in housing. They think it's a big issue, and that's why he went on housing. Does that well, make it's sense? A, it's a huge issue. I mean, it is a, the biggest probably public policy issue in the UK at the moment in terms of housing and affordable housing and quality of housing. So he's right to answer those, ask those questions. But the Tories are on the rack about Brexit. Yeah. And whilst they're on the rack about Brexit, the leader of the opposition should be punching as hard as he possibly can about the thing the the, the the open wound of Brexit the Tory party and he decides to let May off the hook in that sense uh, that's a nice image Jeremy Corbyn punching an open wound that's that's not going to give me nightmares <laughs> or anything <laughs> jeez um, yeah I mean I said Theresa May stumbled over her words but let's face it uh, I for one was genuinely watching through my fingers as Jeremy attempted to make some sort of joke about China and the Olympics or something I don't even know what it was he just said some words which if you say them in a different order might be you know might make sense I don't know if it'd be funny that was pretty bad were you to watching be, Three to Fingers to be fair somebody did laugh did they was it Jeremy, Jeremy? laughed oh, oh maybe oh, it was just slightly unclear about what had happened painful wasn't it I mean does that not just sum up can you tell your listeners what the joke might have been because I can't remember no it ended in the words bragging rights it was something about going to China and beating them in the Olympics and bragging rights, but I have no idea. It was just a series of words. I mean, did, I don't know. I felt once he'd done that, there was no coming back. Would you no, agree, Kate? You open that weekly, and people have already turned off halfway through your yeah. opening statement. There's, yeah, you've just you're lost. Not, you're not reading about that way. Um, it was, um, yeah. Uh, quite, I mean, it's, it's people. There's a serious point to all this because people criticise. Um, the PLP for creating a situation where the Labour Party aren't a strong opposition. Yes. But if your leader doesn't get to the dispatch box at the first PMQs after the summer and says yeah. that the Conservative Party and this new Prime Minister have brought us to the brink of economic meltdown because of Brexit and yeah. they should be ashamed of themselves, they should apologise and tell us what on earth's going on because David Davis didn't yesterday, mm. then really the housing issue becomes irrelevant to a certain extent. Okay, true. Right, two things on that. One... Uh, this is adding weight to my Ian Murray for Labour leader campaign. Me too. Right, that's good. I'm going to um, launch it live on your podcast in a few weeks. Okay. Uh, Just as I, soon as you get a big sponsor. Get your, get your money on. Oh, okay. Come on, there's, come on, sponsors. Look, there's a there's a yeah uh, an incentive. Um, the one person who did say to Theresa May, uh, "What is going on? Are we staying in or out of the common market?" 
was Angus Robertson. So yes, hats off to him, right? What a contradictory thing to say. <laughs> Ask the UK Prime Minister to respect the vote in Scotland and the EU when they launched on Friday essentially a new quest for independence, not respecting the vote of the Scottish people of 2014. I mean, people don't want another referendum at the moment. Um, in fact, they don't want one at all. And it's about time that they got back to the day job. Yeah, it's kind of hard to argue against the logic of that, isn't it? Uh, I'd love to have a, a mat on to to explain it to me. Uh, by all means, get in touch. I'm at Political Yeti and uh, explain the the different approach to the different referendums if you are a uh, SNP person. Um, but yeah, he. But you know, at the same time, he did ask the question that everybody thought Jeremy Corbyn should have asked, right? Angus Robertson is the oh, official yeah. opposition. Is that yeah. fair to say? <laughs> Sadly, he has been. Yeah, I think for the last. Goodness knows how many months he's been rolling out the questions that everyone wished Jeremy Corbyn yeah. would have asked. Uh, and he's got a hand gesture, an in or out hand gesture. Do you like that? I didn't see that. Ah, oh, it goes in or out. He puts his hand on one side and then the other. It's not quite Ed Bowles level hand gestures, but it's it's the start. And why is in on the right side? And oh, I can't. I'm, left, I'm doing it that way. Maybe he did it the other way around. I okay. don't know if he's right-handed or left-handed or how he did it. I wasn't paying that close attention. I'll watch out for it next week. But uh, he also asked the question about the single market, which of course is significant in this issue given that the UK single market's worth four times more to Scotland than the EU single market. Uh, indeed, yes. Well, So, don't, you know, I, I, don't, I didn't hear Theresa May's answers. Uh, well, there wasn't one. She just said, go away, basically. I mean, she did kind of say, you know, she said Brexit was about, the, the referendum was about the UK, essentially, voting to stay in or out. She said Brexit means Brexit. I mean, that's like saying toothpaste means toothpaste. What on earth does it mean? Uh, well, indeed. Uh, and a hat is not a tree. That's Correct. what I expect from her at some point in this uh, excellent stating the flipping obvious uh, that she's doing. Um, I haven't podcast since Theresa May became Prime Minister. The podcast finished and then politics went mad. I'm not saying the two are uh, connected. Um, have you been impressed by Theresa May, Kate? Oh, well, that's a telling <laughs> pause. Um, I've got to admit, actually, in the, the kind of the madness that has been going on in the last few months, she yeah. has provided a steady hand and she has actually, I think, surpassed expectations which were set pretty low, I think, at the beginning of the leadership contest and then kind of slowly moved up a little bit. But yeah. I think everyone was expecting to be underwhelmed. Um, they're surprised by her choices of certain ministers, which I think is, uh, again, coming to bite her. Unless it was all planned for in the long term. Yes, I mean that's where the fun's going to be with her, isn't it? It's not yeah. she's not going to be providing the entertainment. It is Boris and Liam and David Davis that are going to be uh, the ones to watch as they what squabble like squabbling people over Brexit. Is that fair to say? Is that what you're looking yeah. forward to from this government? Is I suspect actually that Theresa May's choice of particularly shadow foreign secretary, foreign secretary is to give him enough rope. Yeah. yeah. And um, then she will clear out the Brexiters when it all goes horribly wrong, bring in people that are much more um, attuned to her way of thinking and sort it out, and she'll be the hero. Really? But they're the... I don't know, you see, because they're the heroes of the, the Brexit well, movement. The heroes and that the is the majority party, of the population. Yeah, and, indeed, it's the large chunk of the Conservative Party. So she can't just throw them out. Can she? I mean, she can't just get rid of them and go back to the old team and carry on I don't as think if nothing she will, happened. But David Davis' performance in the House of Commons chamber yeah. uh, yesterday yes. was utterly appalling. Was <laughs> well, um, it Monday? 
Monday. Monday, yeah. Was it? Oh, I've lost track. It was utterly appalling. He had no answers. He, the number 10 then had to clarify that what he said was indeed not government policy. Yeah. So, but, you know, he's, these people aren't covering themselves in glory. And actually, nobody knows what on earth is going on because nobody genuinely knows how to get through this. But isn't that because, yeah, exactly, the government doesn't have any answers. The government doesn't know what they're doing. No they, I mean, they, they didn't plan for this no, and no they answers. haven't quite worked out. But to be to fair, do. I don't think they could have planned for it because nobody's got any answers. Nobody knows. How can you plan for something you don't know? It's well, that's what you do for stuff, for. isn't it? Yeah, uh, you can always plan for stuff. We've that's no what idea. You do. That's why you make plans for we've stuff. No idea you... what the European Union's going to give us, or how they're going to negotiate, or when we're going to trigger Article Fifty. So, but you can make a set of assumptions, and I mean, that's, isn't that what governments are they supposed did. to do? They made the assumption they were going to win the referendum. Well, yeah, all right, <laughs> but maybe they should. I mean, they must. They like they've got a plan for nuclear war, right? And you know that's probably not going to happen. Possibly say. Well, do you know about the plan for nuclear don't war? Don't know. Really? Have you seen the plan for Just nuclear war? Just follow me when the bell goes. Do you know about the plans for nuclear war? No. Apart from the adverts you used to get in the 80s. Yeah. Where it was, you know, hide under the table. Uh, I thought it's going to make Kate feel well, young because, like, <laughs> nuclear war... I don't know what to do Nuclear war had passed by the time she turned the up. The public animation films were incredibly powerful. <laughs> they were. If, if the bell goes now and they declare nuclear war, I suggest we just all hide under this table. Do you know? Have you got... Like, is there a plan for MPs? No. Do you have to go somewhere? No. Because you're really important? No. You've got to run the country? You, isn't he? No. Oh, I'm trying to tell from There's his... Like I do with my children, look into their eyes, are they actually telling the truth? Is that like you BDI? Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to tell if you're lying or not. The you're just going to leave us to melt and yeah. you're going to follow your secret I'll be on the table. Ah, thanks for that. <laughs> I'll be fine. Uh, if um, you're an ash skeleton sitting in those chairs, I'll be You fine. won't. You'll have to live in the toxic cloud. I'm going to take that microphone with me though. Well, that would address the nation from under the table. Prime Minister uh, or leader of the Labour Party, Ian Murray, like I said, see, it's going to happen. You're just going to say that to every MP whose office you want to use for this podcast, aren't you? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, glad got... I'm glad you worked that one out too. <laughs> um, any other highlights from PMQs today? Uh, stood out for UK? Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't. Brilliant, uh, was it? Yeah, it's not one that's kind of going to stick in the memory. I just thought, I mean, just going back to that Brexit conversation we're having, the irony of. Uh, the statement that it's not appropriate to provide a running commentary of Brexit negotiations. So, well, yeah, but some form of commentary would, would be, be good. good. <laughs> That's yeah. a new tactic from this government, because on the Scotland Bill stuff, when they were doing the private negotiations on the fiscal yeah. position, they kept saying, we're not going to answer any questions because we'll not provide a running commentary, yeah. whilst providing a running commentary in the press. And Cameron said that about his EU yeah. negotiation. <laughs> Remember that? Uh, he, said, uh, yeah, he wasn't going to do a running George commentary. Osborne was on the back bench, the very back bench. Yeah, I couldn't see him. I heard he was, but I couldn't see it. There was Theresa Villiers sitting on her own. On her own. Two big gaps. What was that about? And then there was George Osborne sitting next to Anna Supri. Oh, they must have been which just... Which I wouldn't, you know, inflict my... on very many people, to be frank, but... What, sit next to Anna Subri? Oh, she's... Subri's is amazing. She's what amazing, but she's, she's been the star she's of the She's EU incredibly badly behaved from the back benches. Well, she case. did once say a very bad word, apparently, didn't she? She did. Did she? Did she really say it? Probably. Wow. That only makes her better, in my estimation. <laughs> um, is George Osborne looking well? <sighs> a fallen man, really. Yeah. I mean, he didn't look very well when he used to sit on the front bench. Let's face it, there's lots of gifts out there of him looking like he was... Um, well, it looks like he's off his face, basically. Allegedly. You've already, you're not saying he was, or he does look like it. There's no doubt about that. Um, do you think he's a man that went to Fabric Nightclub? This is another 80s thing. I don't know. This is the thing time. on Twitter today. Everyone's talking What's about Fabric. Fabric. It's What's a club Fabric in London that's shut. I don't know. Everyone on Twitter's talking about it. I don't, 
Yeah, know about it. I just um, I actually there was something on Facebook of them running the lights and things on Friday with nobody in it. Is that the same thing? I don't know. I mean, this is not really going anywhere, is it? Because no. none, none of us know what fabric was. Yep. Um, but I did put on Twitter about the time I went with an American spy to a club called Fish Fabric in St Petersburg, and uh, I thought everyone on Twitter would want to know the story. You're of, not um, getting into my. When I was hanging around with this, uh, <laughs> what I was doing, hanging around with an American spy in St. Petersburg. It was, it was quite a good story. Nobody asked. Fine. Um, let's briefly uh, sorry, talk. Sorry, are you fishing for us to ask now? Well, no, I quite like leaving it as a mysterious. Something's just sprung to mind. Why were you in the nightclub in St. Petersburg with a US spy? Well, there you go. How um, did you know it was a US spy? Because he must have been. What was an American doing in St. Petersburg on his own? He was like claiming to be a builder or something rubbish like that. Uh, he took me to a club and. Um, it was full of uh, ladies, shall we say, um, and then we left in a hurry because he started a fight. It's pretty exciting. He jumped into a taxi and left. It's pretty cool. Fantastic. Uh, that and just before that, we got stopped by the uh, Russian police. I'd forgotten about that, and um, they wanted to see my passport, and it said James on it. And they went, "Ha ha ha, James Bond." And I was like, no, I'm so not James Bond. I'm in St. Petersburg and they think I'm James Bond. This is not good. They could have worked out you weren't James Bond just by looking at you. Well, this is true. But, you know, when you're young and surrounded by Russian policemen going, ha, James Bond. Um, Anyway, this is uh, not a podcast for my reminiscences. Um, Let's talk about Labour Party. Can we? Ian. You can, it still exists as far as I'm aware. It was at lunchtime. You left the front bench in an attempt to uh, unseat Jeremy Corbyn. He's still here. He's going to win in a few weeks' time. Uh, well, he's still here because the election result hasn't been announced yet. To be uh, but he could have stepped down when you all said you hate him and he's an idiot. He could have gone, all right, I can't run this show, I'm off. And handed over to Tom Watson for a bit. But he didn't, and he's not going to. Um, how bad is it for the Labour Party? Well, when, when do you think you'll ever win an election ever it's again? It's incredibly bad because we can talk to ourselves within the party, but the public out there are not enamoured by us or the leader at all. In fact, I thought that an approval rating couldn't go beyond being 100%, but the approval rating for Theresa May versus Jeremy Corbyn is a differential of 105%. (laughs) It's the worst approval rating of any opposition leader in history. These are personal approval ratings. Two and a half million Labour voters from 2015, which was hardly a high watermark, would vote Tory if Jeremy Corbyn took us into a general election. These are disastrous figures, which is why the PLP have decided to try and do something about it, because the country deserves and needs a credible Labour opposition and a government in waiting. Okay, but he's going to win. So what are you going to do, PLP? Are you going to form your own party? Are you going to just suck it up? Are you going to go back into sit around the shadow cabinet table with him and just ignore him whenever he speaks and go, did somebody hear something? Sorry, I, I, you know, what there'll are you going to no, do? There'll be no splits in the Labour Party. Well, what are you going to do then? Just await your inevitable fate? The public will have to decide. In four years' time? Maybe not. We don't know. That's not much to look forward to. Um, You can't do that. I'll just live my life looking forward to each of these podcasts. Well, fine. Um, uh, Anytime I'm feeling down, I'll listen back. Well, that'll be, yeah, there's there's a whole whole year and a bit's worth still up there on SoundCloud under the Sunday Post account. Um, Yes, Jeremy Corbyn, Kate, have you had a, a bit of hustings in the West of... In your, your patch, a Jeremy um, Corbyn, Owen Smith hustings? No, I don't think so. Is that because they've just written off the west of England as, uh, you know, not uh, Labour territory? as far as Devon and Cornwall, I think they do. But Owen Smith actually has made quite an effort, in, uh, particularly in Plymouth. So, um, um, But the the CLPs have held um, 
nomination meetings. Nomination meetings, all of which have come out for Corbyn, but obviously that's no real indication of how yeah. things are actually going to go. So, um, still no sign. Have you met Owen Smith? Have you, has he been talking to the regional lobby and trying to impress you all? Yeah, he's um, he's had two briefings with the, the regional lobby so far, which is two more than Jeremy Corbyn's had. Okay, <laughs> and has he impressed? Um, he has actually. Um, yeah. From a journalistic perspective, he came up with obviously some good lines for each of the regional papers. But um, just in terms of the, the follow-ups as well, and the, the kind of interest that he does take, kind of above and beyond what you normally expect from a briefing to regional papers, where people kind of might have a few little scripted bits and then just go off on their own kind of yeah. crazy lines. So yeah. Actually, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I don't know. His team are quite impressive. I don't, I've never met him. But I've met his team before. Oh, they very good. Quite impressive. People meet him. I think that's probably going to be the problem. This election campaign. He's not had enough time, if he doesn't win, to get around the country. And sp- he, he came to Edinburgh last Friday, and we deliberately filled the room with people who were undecided or people who were wavering. Jeremy yeah. and he, he, he pretty much had them all voting for him by the time they left because they were impressed by him. They liked him, and he's very he's quite a warm individual. He's quite funny. He's quite engaging. Um, he, uh, he, you will have a personal connection with him, and that makes a huge difference. Here's the other problem with him: um, not that he's not met everyone. But uh, he's a massive sexist that he wants to knock Theresa May back on her heels and stuff a gobstopper into Nicola Sturgeon's mouth. Now, if you are running on a I am quite left-wing but more competent than Jeremy Corbyn, which most people are, and then doing gaffes, that does kind of undermine your claim to be more competent, doesn't it? Yeah. I think probably that in the, in the heat of a very focused election campaign like this has been mm-hmm. there will always be things that people say that they don't actually mean yeah but get amplified a million percent but if there competence is, no way, is your selling point you've no got to be competent that, there is absolutely no way that Owen Smith is in any way sexist or otherwise um, but it's one of the big challenges actually you know it's one of the big challenges of how male politicians in particular deal with female leaders of other parties because there is a different dynamic that's a bit depressing isn't it Kate just shouldn't people just be people does it matter if you're dealing with a woman across well, the dispatch box or whatever question, right? yeah. Yeah. well yeah but I think um, the fact that you have got more women in leadership roles now than you have in the past is highlighting how masculine I suppose the, the language and attitudes have been yeah. historically so for instance people probably wouldn't have thought twice if Owen Smith had used that language about another male politician yes. um, just because you know men boisterous fighting blah 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 yeah, yeah. Um, suddenly actually it does flag up that should we really be using this language anyway good point that's a very good point point. and actually um, you know you're right if 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 the gender issue in sexism was now a thing of the past yes. we wouldn't even need to discuss this because it wouldn't happen Yes, you wouldn't see Theresa May and Nicola Sturgeon as female leaders. You would just see them mm. as being good, competent leaders of their well, parties and their countries. And that's and that's the that's the ultimate goal, isn't it? Well, and, well, that is the Scottish Nirvana, isn't it? Because it's uh, ladies only zone in Scotland, basically, apart from Willie Rennie. But you know, he's and a little... Patrick Harvey. Oh yeah, Patrick Harvey. Yes, I forget. You've got how many parties? You've got all these special parties in Scotland that we don't have in England, like the Lib Dems. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, Okay, uh, there was something else we were going to talk about. I said to you, Kate, so that we talk about... about summer. Oh, yeah, I was just and... going to have a talk about the summer, but um, yeah, it's a bit vague, so there's <laughs> not really anything to say about it. It's been nice, hasn't it? Summer's been good, hasn't it? Summer's good. Well, it was good for like, three days. Oh, in Scotland? It was amazing, Danny. Yeah, we, we had a proper summer. Oh, well, but, uh, look, if you look out your, the window of this delightful office, summer's... 
concrete and no breeze and oh what are you talking about you get down by the river the ice cream there's a lovely cream, fountain down by the south bank centre you can go cool off in is that is it true that Margaret Thatcher invented the whippy ice that's cream that's what I heard I don't know if that's true or if it's a I think you should ask your I listeners think... to email you or text you yes DM you at Plutonia. well here's a better idea uh, Mr Whippy Ice Cream could sponsor this podcast um, we could, and uh, we could spin it out for weeks of did Margaret Thatcher inventing the Mr Whippy ice cream? Oh, I think sure. she was involved in the in it. And the chemical, yeah, yeah, because well, she was a chemist. But it she? might be a, just a, one of those urban myths. I don't we know. could have just ruined Mr Whippy's business, in fact, rather than what? Do you think people buy ice cream oh, because Margaret imagine? Thatcher invented them? I'm not going anywhere near a 99 again. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, all those Labour supporters. Exactly. Well, we know there's not many of them anymore, so that's not really going to be a problem for Mr Whippy. Um, Nationalise ice creams, that's the answer. Proper ice creams. Nationalise Mr Whippy. No, what? Mr Whippy's good ice cream, man. What are you talking about? Sorry, I know you're going to sponsor this, but I just go for something Like what? Kelly's ice cream or something. What, is that the Cornish one? What's the Cornish, Cornish ice cream? Cornish ice cream is very nice. Yes. Was it Jude's or something? Jude's, is good. Jude's, Jude's fine good. ice cream. Oh, it's they're amazing, they're isn't Waitrose, it? So you know, oh, Waitrose is brilliant. And they've got loads <laughs> of money. They must have money to sponsor things, right? They must have. Uh, or what is it? Mackey's ice cream. That's that's really good, isn't it? Well, that's a good Scottish yes. ice cream. They do crisps now as well. Yes. The they, they're not diet. as good as ice cream and crisps. What's that about? Why would you do that? That's a bizarre combination. It's like the old... Um, Popular combination together. Is it? What, eat ice cream and crisps? No, but people, you know, the two markets... It's a bit weird, isn't it? It's about the old um, biathlon, isn't it? The I used to get skiing and shooting. Is where do they go together? For saying that, one of my favourite snacks when I was a student used to be a bread roll, a dearly triangle, and pickled onion monster munch. That's all right. I thought that was in fine. In the same, in the same one, yeah, yeah. Oh, what, in the, what the, pick, the monster munch in the roll? In the roll. Oh, yeah. you are a on weirdo. You one spoon weirdo. That's freaky. I you see I don't I don't see, I don't get the crisp sandwich. I don't like the crisp roll. sandwich. I mean oh it's only when I met my wife that she introduced me to the whole concept of having crisps and your sandwich at the same time. I was like, eat your sandwich, then you eat your crisps, right? She was like, No, you can have them at the same time. It's yeah, just... but you don't have to worry about putting your hand in the bag if you just stick them on their sandwich. Yeah, but that's you get soft and crunchy at the same time. No. I'd mess with my mouth. Man. No, I'm not that. That's weird. Um, yeah, you, look, we all know you've only got one spoon and you wet yourself in a roundabout once, so we know you're a weirdo. Cat Headley, who's the, who was the wonderful Labour candidate in Edinburgh Western at the Scottish Parliamentary Elections, bought yes. me a spoon. No, oh, so now you've got one, now in, got two. one in Scotland and one in London. Don't tell Cat, I think I've lost her spoon. Oh, he's back down to one spoon. Um, okay, listen, we've uh, gone on long enough. You, oh, I tell you, we should talk about briefly, because you, Ian, have to dash off to the Scottish Affairs Committee. Yes, you are the newest member of the Scottish Affairs Committee, have been replaced Dave Anderson the now Shadow Scottish Secretary, but we won't talk about him because that could take a while. Um, is that exciting? Uh, under the leadership of Pete Wishart? Living the dream. Pete Wishart's going to be your boss, is that right? Pete that Wishart and I have never been closer. <laughs> Excuse me, I've never been close. What, physically, you mean? <laughs> yes, we'll be sitting in the same room. <laughs> yeah. Or probably on the same side as is well. Is that going to be fun? Are you going to just wind him up? Or are you going to be a... Well, how, the, are you gonna, how are you approaching it? We're starting an inquiry today on Brexit, which I think is going to be... Pretty, quite interesting. Okay, it'll be on the same side. Yeah, same side, same side for that. So yeah. um, that'll be all right. Me and Pistol Pete. Okay, well maybe we'll come back in a few weeks and uh, see how that's been going. That should be yes. quite entertaining. Maybe we'll ask Pete. Uh, okay, listen. Uh, my thanks to uh, Kate Langston and Ian Murray for coming on this uh, first podcast. Uh, if you do want to get in touch, I am at Political Yeti on Twitter. It's probably the best way to get me. If you want to sponsor this and give me loads of money, I am also at Political Yeti on Twitter. Um, or just 
put something in the post that will find its way to, to the House of the Parliament. Um, so uh, hopefully we'll have lots more of this. There might be some, it's a bit of a soft launch. We might have lots of different sorts of podcasts. So any feedback gratefully received. But uh, join me next week for another, a what's it called? Political Yeti's Politics Podcast. Thank you. <laughs>